everybody. Welcome to Proactive, the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of productivity. This is not your podcast just about being productive in business or doing more in achievement. Our hosts, Dr. Tina, as well as Richie and Arthur, and each week our guests are here to provide you with tips, strategies, and insights to supercharge your best life. Proactive is about being productive mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if you are ready to produce your best life and balance being with doing, please hit the subscribe button, get proactive. And now let's welcome today's guest. And today we have with us Ms. Eloise Parker. She's got 20 years experience as a writer and broadcast journalist. Although you can't see her, I wouldn't, I don't even think she looks like she's 20 years old. So she must have started in kindergarten. But Eloise has appeared on numerous entertainment news shows on both sides of the Atlantic. She's got a lovely British accent, as does Richie. She's an award-winning travel writer and has written extensively about lifestyle trends, entertainment news, in major prints, and online publications. She's a mom of two teenage boys. She's expanded to do more creative stuff. She does custom artwork, interior design, and fashion resale. She, my favorite thing in looking at her accomplishments, she she live blogged her ascent of Kilimanjaro. How amazing is that? And she's been a participating um, author, I guess, in several books. And she's going to talk to us. With, I love her theme about her growth mindset and how she continually invests time and effort in new challenges and skills. And that is her key to optimizing personal well-being and professional growth. And that is a woman after my heart because I just always say I can't stop learning and growing and doing new things. When I stop, I'm dead. So tell me about your ideas on growth mindsets. Well, I think we're, we're cut from the same cloth, Dr. Tina, because that's exactly how I feel. Um, you know, I came from very small town beginnings in the wilds of East Yorkshire, Northern England. And, you know, I knew from the outset that that wasn't where I was going to spend my whole life. So, you know, you kind of figure out early on, I guess, if uh, you, you've got that curiosity to to grow and to learn. And I think maybe once you start on that journey, you know, for me, it's been a continual process. And like you, I, I don't think I'll ever stop. And it's been a fascinating journey along the way. I started off, my first big move was going down to London to university. And I was in a nice leafy green suburb, like the perfect sort of halfway spot between the rural that I grew up in and the urban that I would end up in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I worked for a few years. I, I didn't have a lot of financial backing. So I had to work my way through university. I had to get stuck into a job the second I graduated. A lot of my friends were doing a gap year traveling. And that was something that I always wanted to do. And it wasn't until I was 25 that I really had the means um, financially and also just kind of the opportunity um, career-wise to sort of take a little break. I was coming to the end of a five-year relationship. And funnily enough, one of the big reasons that relationship ended was I remember sitting down with this guy and him saying, you know, I just feel like I'm kind of who I'm meant to be now, you know, in my early 20s. And, you know, I I feel like I've I've kind of, I'm ready to kind of sit back and enjoy life. And I just thought, whoa, that is the opposite of how I feel. I feel like I'm just <laughs> getting started I feel like I know nothing yet I feel like I'm never going to stop and I don't know if you know you got you, you come across these folks in life right and 
I remember one of my first boyfriends, it was like, don't you want to grow up? We'll both be doctors and live in Westchester County, New York and have family. And I'm like, that may be my life. I don't want that to be my dream life. I got exactly. way more bigger dreams than that. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. And, I, you know, and I sometimes think, you know, having children was a really big commitment for me because, you know, you're obviously committing to a certain lifestyle for an extended period as you know, wanting to be a hands-on parent, which yeah. I did. But, you know, I remind myself, and I still have to remind myself, this is a intensive period within the greater picture, right? It's mm -hmm. like a 20-year period of intensive parenting, and then you kind of get to watch these people go off and do their own thing, and you get to go off and do your own thing again, too. Yeah, I, I drew, drew an arrow as so my kids were launching from my house, right? And I, I wrote my... You guys can't see this online, but it was like my life was a direct arrow up. And then I took a pause and then it's like, oh, it's time to go again. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, I got to be teenagers. I started way more stuff, you know. Right. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, for the last few years, I've kind of been in that period of pause as a journalist, but it's also led to some really interesting new creative projects um mm -hmm. I've been getting stuck into um so my path to the U.S. was an unusual one because I left to go traveling this was 2003 a long time mm -hmm. ago and three weeks in I decided I really wanted to learn to scuba dive but I had food poisoning in Malaysia where I was gonna learn and I thought you know I'm just gonna delay it another week I think I'll wait there's a there's a little island in Thailand Koh Phi Phi it was where they filmed the Leonardo DiCaprio movie The Beach oh, wow. and mm -hmm. I'm gonna learn there there's you know there's I found a scuba shop PP scuba it looked like the most legitimate dive shop and um on day two of the three-day course I saw this blonde guy in the water and I was like oh my goodness who's this guy I was on the same boat as him on the last day of the course long story short he's now my husband he's American oh, there you go. and we fell in love right away my friends were all like oh I don't know Eloise you know the, the scuba diving instructor really you know it's kind of what like the tennis pro or the scuba <laughs> <laughs> I was like no you guys I really think this could be something and sure enough here we are 20 years later and uh, uh -huh. we're still together and very happy. And he's in commercial real estate. I was in journalism. It, it was much easier for me to move to the US than for him to move to the UK career wise. Um, so we got married pretty quickly. Um, 2005, I moved to the US full time. And that was where my career in journalism in New York City began, which was a whole adventure in and of itself. So when you were in London, were you doing journalism there? I was, yeah. I was very lucky because all the way through university, I was actually working with Britain's National News Agency, the Press Association. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that we, back then there was such a glut of regional newspapers and magazines. We produced content for all of them, basically. So it was such a great training ground. And one of my first jobs in New York was actually as an entertainment correspondent for the Britain's Press Association. Mm -hmm. so it was really, I was strongly encouraged to diversify from just print journalism, which, you know, just just writing, filing copy, mm -hmm. which is what I'd been doing um, prior to then. And they set me up with a video camera, a monopod, which is a tripod on one leg, so you can mm -hmm. hold it yourself. They gave me all this sound equipment. I had to learn how to use it all. Now, I was doing a lot of red carpets. And I would look at the other crews, you know, you would have entertainment tonight, you would have all the big shows. 
there would always be three man crews. There'd be the anchor in front of the camera. There'd be the um, obviously the camera operator and then either a sound technician or a producer kind of feeding lines and mm-hmm. making sure everything was working. And then there's me on my own doing all of that myself. <laughs> so how did that make you feel? At first, a little overwhelmed, but also very determined because, you know, mm-hmm. people are kind of looking. You can imagine the looks you get from the other crew. It's like, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I see. But actually, it became a bit of a draw on the red carpet. I mean, now, you know, now a lot of people, the, the way the technology works now, it's so much simpler. But then you had to have all this equipment. And celebrities, I remember doing the Met Gala one year. And, you know, it's like... um one of the world's biggest red carpets, pretty much everyone comes through that carpet. And people would come to me because they couldn't believe, you know, who's this little lady doing her own thing on her uh-huh. own? And it was, you know, it was a, a really great experience, actually. Um, intimidating, yes. Rewarding, also yes. And I realized then, I think that, you know, just being willing to expand your skill sets and trial and error you know some uh-huh. sure there was an odd interview I didn't have the sound on <laughs> but I could write <laughs> up the quotes afterwards because I was in print too so it all worked out of course the downside is I had to then file all the copy as well so I remember after the Met Gala being up till seven in the morning writing up everything that I'd you know filed video uh-huh. by and you know thinking well everyone who was at the Met Gala is probably still up but they all partied I hadn't partied for a minute that night right <laughs> And out of curiosity, there with the different medias, right? What do you prefer as a journalist? What do you like about print? What do you like about video? You know, I think for me, journalism, I realize it's it's all about the joy of creative communication. Um, uh-huh. And so I, I really enjoy how time efficient television is. You know, you go in, you know your stuff, you, you, you have a, a really great lively engaging chat and you know you you kind of get your information across and then it's done and that to me is it's really fun and um you know I remember in 2011 I went and covered the royal wedding in London um William and Kate for OK magazine and that really was the gamut it was like a perfect storm of utilizing all the skills um that I'd attained at that point you know doing going into a studio setting to do live television was so much easier than trying to shoot it and edit it myself afterwards mm-hmm. on a red carpet. Um, so that I think made it a lot less nerve wracking. I was also, you know, producing social media content, Twitter and Facebook dominated at that time. Um, mm-hmm. I was filing for the website. So, you know, stories were going live constantly. And, you know, I think that is a great example of how I sort of utilized every platform. And, you know, uh-huh. longer form pieces going out in the magazine. And it was just such a buzz. And it didn't hurt that it was, you know, such an uplifting story that we were covering. You know, you're doing a wedding. Everybody's happy. It was great. Uh-huh. Right. That's great. And how have you maintained the excitement? I mean, some people, like you said, you had this ex- ex-boyfriend who was like already at 25 done, right? You <laughs> you. you you're a journalist covering the royal wedding and that's like wow this is really cool look who I'm covering right and yet there's more life to do and you continue to do it right and uh, some people would sit back I was a successful journalist that's what I this is what I did right but that wasn't enough for you so tell me 
what keeps you going and keep diversifying? Well, I think one of the things that was unusual for me as a journalist, I never had a specific beat. And so many of my co-workers covered one thing. You know, they were food writers. They were the music critic or the theatre critic. And mm -hmm. I was always like a general interest reporter. I covered travel, lifestyle, television, film, celebrity interviews, you name it. And and I think that really sort of encapsulates my approach um, to all the creative endeavors that I've gone into. You know, it's never about just honing in on one specific thing. I always try and maintain that flexibility to keep, to keep growing, to keep finding new things and to sort of give myself the space um, to learn new skills and really just try out a new medium. It was only um, about three years ago that I realized I could do portraiture and I just I've never tried I remember when I was younger and you know I said to my mum you know I really I kind of like to go to art school and she's like oh you'll never make any money as an artist going to you know going to journalism instead which I did it's great and um so it was like it always been an unfulfilled dream I suppose mm -hmm. and I, I you know I knew I was an okay drawer but I never really leaned into anything specific and actually doing lessons it was able to you know I was able to really look at the technical aspect of drawing and start training, certainly with portraiture, there's a lot of very specific methods that are going to yield much better results. And, you know, just the practice, having a, having a bit of aptitude and doing a lot of practice can really get you a long way with most things. I'd like to summarize just a little bit because I'm hearing a bunch of stuff, which if summarized for for folks out there listening, what I hear from you, which is amazing, number one, the adaptability of not being stuck to a I am an X, right? It's right. you don't have an identity based on, for everyone, the language we use often keeps us boxed in. Even people with emotions, I am depressed, I am anxious. No, you're not. You have a depressed mood. You happen to have an anxious mood. But that's not a, your definition of who you are. And what you said with your journalism, you had you weren't one kind of journalist. So you kept your identity large. You used language that was I am me and I do X, Y and Z. Then I hear as well, you're open to learning new things. You're open to having a coach. You're open to having a teacher. So that's another thing of being coachable and to continue learning and realize you can develop skills along the way that. Just because you told yourself when you were five years old that you were good or bad at something, that doesn't mean when you're 20, 30, 40, or 80 years old, you can't try it again. And so I love the fact that you got mentors and you went back to your dream as a childhood, right? That's it, and, yeah. And the language you use, I had a patient in just the other day, and she was telling me about her dream of making money as a writer, right? Which you said your mom told you to be a journalist because you might not make money as an artist. And she's dreaming her dream. I said, girlfriend, you just told me you have a job. You're writing scripts for your podcast. You are making, your living is making money as a writer. So why are you telling yourself that you still are dreaming to be able to do that? You're doing it. And she, it was so beautiful because she actually had the dream and was doing the dream. And I said, so having your dream, acting on your dream, and using language to believe that you can act on your dream. So I invite just those, I love those things that you said. And I invite our listeners to have that open mind and have um, 
have the tips to, to expand your life um, and not stay stuck in one thing. Give me more because there's just so much, I'm sure, in your life. Oh, that was a really extraordinary experience I mean you know being able I, I took a satellite phone with me because obviously there's no wi-fi on Kilimanjaro and so I would call in I, this was when I was with the New York Daily News newspaper and I would call into the office once a day and I would file my copy and the higher I got the more it was this kind of stream of consciousness um but I think there was something very genuine about that it was very raw and you know it's a very intense experience how long did it take we did five days up and two days down it's a route called the Machame route and I went with my husband and we'd spent months hiking um around New York State and you know my approach to fitness I've always tried to think of it as adventure prep right mm-hmm. I love can, that. you know you don't need to be training for a marathon or a triathlon you're training to do something that you love and to be able to do it really well I like marathons and, and triathlons <laughs> right everybody, everybody has going on your stop. adventures yeah exactly right and um you know I ended up winning an award I, I won the Tanzania tourism award that year um for that blog and it was going live every day. It was over the holidays. And it was just a really wonderful sense of achievement um, yeah. to have made it up there. And, you know, that was a time in my life. I was um, in my early 30s and I was thinking about having children. And, you know, I think my approach to fitness has really changed also as I've kind of evolved. You know, I like to be in really good shape because I like to be able to get stuck into whatever opportunities are thrown at me, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, certainly with travel, we were big skiers and big scuba divers still. Um, in my twenties, I ran a lot. It was free mm-hmm. and <laughs> you got outside, you got that, you know, it built your stamina, it built your mental clarity. And then mm-hmm. after I had children, I got the jogging stroller, but I also needed something else. That was when I started doing Pilates and I realized that, you know, so much comes from that core strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, after having children, it's especially important. But even my husband, he swears it's improved his golf swing and his tennis game. So, you know, go figure. Oh, there you go. It's more than a flat stomach, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I just came from um, a Zoom call that I couldn't stay on because I have the podcast. And um, it was it's a mentor of mine about um, cha- transitioning with healthcare and stuff. And he talked about the five freedoms and you need your health. That's number one. But then he said, who wants emotional, mental, and spiritual freedom? Who wants time freedom? Who wants travel freedom? And who wants financial freedom? And it was such an interesting way to look at um, designing your life, right? And being in shape. So all of those, and I love your saying, like, a lot of people have trouble getting in shape physically, but again, have a purpose, have a What's your why, right? Always have a why. And if the why is because I want to go on vacation and do X, Y, and Z, what a great way to get you in shape. You know, and I think sometimes it's easy to make the mistake of, you know, you look at these athletes and, you know, the fitness models and stuff and think, well, is that being in shape? But, you know, if, if you're not like Jennifer Lopez going on a world tour, you don't need to be crazy buff. You need to be the, the fittest you can be for your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. For, your, for your most active day, for your most physical hobby, um, aim to be able to do that, right? 
Well, I encourage people to have some sort of active hobby so that they actually, yeah. well, their most yeah. active hobby is going from the dining room table to the um, refrigerator. <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, yeah. again, you know, I would go back to that sense of curiosity. Keep trying new things until you find something that you can really yeah. lose track of time doing. And for me, that's always been the benchmark. If I lose track of time when I'm doing something, if I'm not clock watching, I'm enjoying myself. And if that's what I found from Reforma Pilates, that's what I find from travel. That's what I find from pretty much all the creative pursuits um, that I do now. I mean, my, in my ex right, my exercise has evolved again. Um, you know, in my forties now, I I go to hot studios a lot, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, the infrared heat's amazing for maximizing flexibility. We all start feeling like we need a little help with that, I think, um, in your 40s. I do hit classes and bar and, you know, it's all these crazy amounts of reps and I don't ache because it's something about the infrared heat that doesn't seem to, um, well, it seems to dissipate the lactic acid buildup, right? You just, you don't ache the next day. So you can- I have an infrared sauna in my house. I love it. And for your mental clarity as well, right? Mm -hmm. There's been all kinds of studies done. Um, and it's also you're sweating like crazy. So it's very time efficient in terms of maximizing, you know, toning and calorie burn. Um, and I'm looking for stuff that's time efficient now. I have a lot going on. I have these two little mm -hmm. boys. Flexibility in all things is kind of key for me at this point in my life. Um, and, you know, to have that freedom, you know, professionally is is a real bonus. That's beautiful. Can you tell our listeners, especially because you are a mom and you are working and you're doing lots of stuff, right? So. Yeah. How do you manage being a mom and getting everything else done? You know, I think you you have to learn to say no a little bit. Uh, you know, you say no to certain things and yes to others. Like this podcast is a yes. I would love to share. This, this is exactly what I want to be doing with my time. Um, you know, sometimes I get asked to weigh in for television on stories that I just find too tabloidy. It's not really how I want to use my time. I'll just say no. And it's fine. You know, we move on. It's um, beautiful. Right, exactly. And, you know, I thought that for the longest time, I thought that the art that I was um, learning to do would just really be a hobby. And then I got my first couple of paid commissions last year. And so I thought, well, this actually could be something as well. But I'm, I'm old enough now that I don't feel like I need to define myself in any one thing. And, you know, this is it can be a real struggle, right? Because we're sort of told, all right, I'm this professionally, I'm that professionally. And <laughs> having not been a full-time journalist in a long time, it's like, well, can I still call myself a writer? I'm I'm not a full-time artist. Can I call myself an artist? But I think I would encourage everyone to just say yes, right? I we love that. I was told, I told someone, I'm learning to be a coach as well as a physician. Why would you do that? I'm like, why not do that? It's it's right. just something different. I coach on sexuality. I coach on wellness. It's all part of health. So um, it's, and I actually teach that pleasure is, is actually the way exercise and nutrition keep our physical bodies healthy. Pleasure is what keeps our emotional and energetic bodies full, right? Pleasure is, yeah. pleasure is how we recharge and we're right life drains us pleasure refills us absolutely it's essential and i think you know that's something you know creativity so much of it comes from play 
Um, and I think, you know, you're kind of tapping into similar similar brain centers. You know, you, you have to have that that downtime and that playfulness. You can't just be going hard all the time. For me, productivity isn't just about going hard and, and never taking a break and never resting because some of my best ideas come when I'm kind of taking a break. When oh, I'm all of mine are doing are my good right. ideas are like when I'm having fun. Richie, you had something to say. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so I didn't know that you were doing art. I, I, I seriously didn't know that. So for for the the listeners, um, Eloise and I know each other, um, and I genuinely didn't know that you were doing art. Um, you know what, Richie? I haven't put any of it online yet, and friends keep telling me that I should. And the reason that I haven't is because I it's just kind of keeping it fun for now, right? I feel like I'm still learning and still really enjoying it. And, you know, sometimes I think when you flip the switch into promoting something and monetizing something, it can take the fun out of it a little bit. So I'm just really cherishing this time of learning and enjoying being a student and kind of seeing where it goes before I really figure out how to launch myself in some kind of professional capacity with it. And I think, you know, that's important. You know, I'd love listeners to think about a, a cherished hobby you don't have to monetize everything immediately, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the world's driven probably a bit too much when it comes to that. I mean, and it does. I, I I did YouTube for fun, and then we got to the point where we could monetize it, and now it's like a job, right? And it's kind of like, where, where's the fun gone? You know, and I'm kind of you have it, it to get really a video every week, and you're like, oh my god, what? <laughs> I think you have, more to, stressful. you have to be careful about you know when you let the pressure creep in, right? Mm. Like I said, I'm all about maintaining flexibility. And I think you do lose that to a degree when you sort of launch things in a commercial way, then you're beholden to that. Well, I think that happens. I had someone years ago, I remember she said her whole childhood, her outlet was singing. It was her be all end all. I love to sing. Anytime she was stressed, she would go sing. You know, it was just a great way to let off steam. But then she became a professional singer And all of a sudden it was the fear. What if I lose my voice? What if this, what if I lose my job? Oh my God. And she no longer had, she had to find another, it's like, you got to find another creative outlet to to take the place of that. um, So so it's a stress reliever, not creating more stress. Yeah. And and actually that's interesting because I don't tend to write for fun. You know, people say, oh, do you journal? Because yeah, I have a little trouble sleeping sometimes. And people are like, oh, you know, journaling can really help with that. And I don't do it. And I think that's partly because to me, writing is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not really as relaxing as it maybe is for other people. Mm-hmm. And I've spent so many days stewing over deadlines and, you know, trying to get the phrasing exactly right. Um, that is no longer my creative outlook for relaxation, although it can be for many other people and I applaud that right Uh, and that's what makes the world go around right everybody has different creative outlets and different you know what brings I teach that everybody has a different way that brings their body pleasure yeah absolutely finding out what it is for some people it's using their brain and some people it's using their body and some people it's playing with sensation and tastes and touch and smell and and I think the ideal is a combination of all of those. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> we, we joke that everyone underneath is a shapeshifter. They just don't know it yet. 
Exactly. And that's where, you know, the growth mentality, I think, really comes in. If you can adopt the growth mindset of, you know, you may you may not think you you have a creative bone in your body, but just just sit down and try. Just sit down and play with some stuff. If you enjoy it, if you can lose track of time doing it, then, you know, by all means, continue. See where it goes. right? Right. Always try and get in the flow state. Figure out what gets you in the flow state. Exactly. And while I don't write for fun as much now, I read voraciously. And Oh, I saw that on your website. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about Uh, that. I love. um... I mean, I think when I became a mom and I, you know, I didn't have as much time to write professionally, reading became a real kind of escape for me. (laughs) And I read everything. I, you know, I, I was you ever talk to somebody you'll say, oh, I don't read fiction. I only read nonfiction or, you know, and I'm always very bemused by that because I read anything. I read anything, anything that interests me. Um, I think it, I mean, there's so many studies that show how good it is for the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just part of learning for me, whether I'm reading wonderful prose. One of my favorite authors is a British writer, Kate Atkinson. If you've not read any of her books, mm-hmm. please go and find one. Um, I love reading biographies, um, autobiographies. I do Audible too, because then you can be doing, I can be, I can be drawing at the same time. Yeah. The Audible mm-hmm. app has been a, a real savior and I love a good celebrity autobiography on Audible. Certain things are really good on Audible. If it's really good literature, I want to have the book in my hand. If it's, you know, Britney Spears or Dave Grohl or someone telling me their life story, I'm going to want to listen to it. Um, Did you listen to um, Noah, Trevor Noah? Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. he, He reads it himself. Right. Born a Crime is his book. And he does all the voices. Oh, amazing. You know, so it's great. The Harry Potter books were like that too. Whoever read the Harry Potter books, every character had a different voice. And it was like a movie. It was great, you know. Stephen Fry. It was Stephen Fry. He's got the best voice. Oh, he's fabulous. British voice ever. He, He used to be on QI. Um, and it took me a few years to understand it because I was like, well, what what the heck is this show about? And I don't understand the point system, but his accent, his voice is just... So Harry Potter... He has a very um, commanding voice. He's, he's kind of a, an Alan Rickman type voice. Yes. Remember, yeah. Alan Rickman was Professor Snape in the Harry Potter movie. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Taking it back to Harry Potter. Um, and yeah, Stephen Fry is a very similar... He He's written... He did the retelling of the Greek myths, Heroes. Ooh, that interesting. Book, actually, it's a long one. But mm. it's uh, it's it's very colourful and very fun. I actually I just read a, a really interesting book called Reading People by Anne Bogle, who yeah. is um, known as a book blogger actually, and that goes into all these different personality tests that mm-hmm. you can do. And I've just found it so interesting because you know I haven't really done a lot of those tests, and then when you start looking, it's it's how seeing the world through the lens of personality changes everything is the tagline of the book, and you kind of. Mm-hmm. She she teaches you sort of how to look at these tests. And I think it's a really interesting way of perhaps helping figure out what you are going to be um, sort of more drawn to, what you, what, you know, the, a wealth of potential activities that you can kind of get stuck into, whether you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, uh, the Myers-Briggs test, the Strengths Finder, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think would be really helpful Um 
to help you figure out what direction you want to grow in if you're looking to try something new. Yeah, I agree with that. And for me, I know when I was going through difficult times, you know, I read all about love languages for relationships. Yeah. And then, um, Jay Shetty's book talks about fighting styles and you should know your fighting language. Right. And, and then when I learned the erotic blueprints, light bulbs went off. And of course I've done Strengths Finder and Myers-Briggs, all of these things and, and human design. And even there's more to astrology than just your sun sign. There's your moon sign and your Mars sign or whatever sign. I don't know all the signs, but one of them is how you communicate. It's so much fun figuring that stuff out, isn't it? And, you know, I think I'm just maybe endlessly curious and that curiosity extends to trying to find, figure out as much about myself as about mm-hmm. other things, as about the things that I'm interested in. You know, I never want to stop learning about how I function too. And, you know, like I said, I'm in my forties now. Mental agility is something that I'm thinking about now. I, I track my sleep where I didn't used mm-hmm. to, you know, it's so key. Um, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always looking for new things that can kind of enhance um, I do a peak brain training app, which I find really Ooh. fun. There's a lot of different apps. I just happen to like that one because the games are really fun. It's only about 15 minutes a day. And I kind of, I see it as downtime. It's measurable. I enjoy measurable things. It kind uh-huh. of makes me feel a little more productive, but kind of feeling like I'm doing something towards the greater good. Um, so, you know, all these little things. What, what do you guys do in terms of, you know, kind of keeping keeping your tune-ups I read, I write. I've actually just written a book. It's just oh, look at this. So um, it's been finalized today. Um, so I do like to write. Um, I, I read a lot. Um, I've maybe got like four books on the go, <laughs> which yeah. then, you know, I, I try and fit it in when I can. Um, we're always doing something when it comes to it. Interestingly, you were talking about personality. Um, so I came across, uh, it's called The Bank Code. Don't know if you ever heard of it. But it's all about oh. personality tests, and it's a free online. Was that the one? Our, one of our podcast guests talked to was. us. About so it. we had, yeah. So we had a gentleman on called Glenn, and he was talking about um, the bank code, and he's a representative of it. It's mm-hmm. I did it, and it came back. It was quite shocking, actually. I didn't think I was going to be aligned in the way that it told me it was, but actually, I sat down and I've reflected since, and it's got me to a T. Mm. absolutely mm-hmm. to a T and it, it's really made me think about who I am where I want to go what what are my intrinsic values standards motivations um it's really interesting and you get a 25 or 26 page document it takes about five minutes to do and it gives you this it sends you an email with this document and it's actually quite amazing and it's really in-depth so I, I say, you know, if, if you haven't done it, have a look. It's um, Codebreaker code. is, is the company. And code I'm not breaker. plugging it at all because they're not paying me or anything. But I did it because Glenn was on our show and it's really good. Um, yeah, it's called the Bank Code. Mm-hmm. Um, a code, Yeah, Codebreaker Bank is what it's called. It's great. It's fantastic. And um, I know our other co-host, Arthur, who's not here at the moment, he's done it. Um, and he said that he came up quite surprising on it as well. Um, but actually, after reading the document, he said it's got him down to a T as well. So so I like to try new things like that. Um, and uh, I built an app as well. So for the last four or five months, I've been keeping myself busy with that. Um, 
I, I keep on saying on all these podcasts that I need to sit down and start doing some meditation. And I know <laughs> I do. I've been trying. I've been doing two minutes a day. So I've Yay! started doing it. So we're there. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Going. Two minutes a day is more than I do. I've got as far as doing the four, seven, eight breathing. A four, seven, eight breath is great. Right. Right. That's that, really good. That's it really helps quiet my mind, you know, when I'm kind of trying to sleep. So that's kind mm. of when I need the most. But I do need to, I think, work something into my the four day. seven eight breath will relax your entire body. It's really activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So I would, if you just want to start with extending how many breaths, you know, they tell you to do at least four when you sit down yeah. and do it. But sit down and do eight or 16, right? And just use that breath as a way to see how you feel. Yeah. Although I think, you know, when I'm in the middle of something, you know, like a, when I'm in the middle of a portrait or something, I I do feel like I'm in a kind of a meditative state. I'm really not thinking about anything other than what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, my husband always laughs at me when I, I'm in the middle of something because I can't be disturbed. I keep somebody can be talking to me and I'm just not even hearing them because I'm so focused. Um, he's kind of the opposite. He's like ADHD. Oh, <laughs> he's always. He might want to try the four, seven, eight breaths too. Then, <laughs> right? Exactly. We're we're a good yin and yang on that front. Um, you know, he can crunch numbers and do long range planning, whereas I have the deep focus and the kind of design vision with things so but I have taught people who are reluctant to try meditation I say take out a color by numbers book and just really be present or the mandalas um you fill them in or a labyrinth you know coloring yeah Um, it's it's that um in a lot of ways it's being mindful on, you know, you're not staring at a candle, but you're staring at your yellow and your red or whatever it is. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, it, it's right there. It can be very consuming when you really get stuck into something like that. And, you know, that you've still got the element of creativity there too, which I love. Uh, So do you know your blueprint? You probably got a bit of, uh, you should check out your blueprint. (laughs) I haven't done my, my blueprint. Yeah, the erotic blueprints. It it teaches you how you how your body um, how your nervous system accesses pleasure, and it really is interesting um, because there. I I mean my here I have my little children's book on what am I, and I mean it starts at the youngest ages, the kids who like sensation play or game play mind play physical play just connecting with the universe and being in nature play right all different kinds right and some of this is really intrinsic to child's play and but some people like to use their body and other people like to do the creative arts right it's just right we're just wired differently i'm definitely going to go off and figure out my russian print that sounds great yeah, I can tell you what I think you are, but <laughs> leave until after the recording or after you test. Yes, we'll but, do that. We'll go into that after the show for sure. But it's it's <laughs> super fun. Um, and it's fun listening to people. They use different words, different language. Anyway, but it's it's really great to understand what what brings you pleasure as because it really is not something we talk about enough in our society. 
Oh, it's true. It's true. And there are a million different things that bring me pleasure. Finding a bargain is something that brings me pleasure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I mentioned this on my bio. I love vintage and consignment shopping. It's kind of like a treasure hunt. And so this is something that um, I've, you know, kind of pursued a little bit more as a, as a more serious hobby. Um, you know, you can just find some find a more unique look than whatever's in the major retailers right um mm -hmm. find your own stuff and i it made me kind of explore how to sell as well as how to buy you got to make room for mm -hmm. that stuff and that, and it's you know it feels good environmentally you're kind of in a circular economy yeah right? recycling things yeah and Beautiful. um you know i've i've sold i used to sell on ebay way back when and and more recently i love poshmark and again i'm not paid by poshmark and richie said you know none of us are paid by um mm. <laughs> but um that has been become a real kind of go-to for me because it's there's such a wealth of stuff on there and it's so easy to navigate um so you can actually you can shop my closet tv and travel is my handle on poshmark um and huh. i'm active on there and it's it's a lot of fun um you know and I try one of the things I love to do when I travel I'll always look and see if there are any consignment or vintage stores wherever That's I go great. and it's just a really fun kind of side hustle see mm -hmm. there and, so what's yeah. your next big adventure what are you training for um oh well actually we just did a big ski trip we were in Vail and we did the back balls in Vail, which was phenomenal. There was some great powder. Um, we are planning to go scuba diving um, this year. We're really hoping to get to the Seychelles in the Indian Ocean at the end of the oh, year. Wow. So, so that will be a big one. Um, some really beautiful reefs out there. And then, you know, in the meantime, you know, we like to hike and, and get out on trails. LA, of course, where you are, is, has phenomenal trails. And uh, where we are um, around the New York area has some beautiful, that's, you know, it's another thing, consignment stores and hiking trails. Those are the two things I look for, really. Okay. I love it. <laughs> you are eclectic. I love that. And unfortunately, we need to close for today. It's been a pleasure meeting you, Eloise. Um, Proactivators, this is all the time for today. I'd like to thank Eloise for coming on. Amazing insights. Please support Eloise. Check out all her links. We'll, they'll be in the show notes, her web, her social media. Follow her, her blogs. Her Go on her website and check out all the books to read. It's really, I saw that. I'm like, I got a list now for me. And remember, our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Please subscribe. Please share with your friends. And until next time, please remember, time is our most valuable resource. So get proactive, be productive, and ensure you produce your very best life.